A priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode number 62 of the Untitled Catholic Podcast, Quo Vadis edition, here with myself, Justin McGaldy, Father Sean McGaldy, and Nolan Reynolds. Live and in person. Well, not live, because you're going to watch this recorded, but we're not in person. We're in three different places, socially distancing. Of course, yeah, and by by miles, not hundreds, by miles. and hundreds in some cases, miles. hundreds of miles. What I was driving at is that this is the first episode where you can actually watch us. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm glad we all uh, all dressed to impress. And yes, by Father Sean, you Father Sean dressed is dressed to impress. Crazy. But I came, just I just came back from painting, but I got a life team shirt on, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. How about them apples? And it's then you weird, just show right? the paint spots that you were yeah. trying to hide. Yeah, I'm trying to cover <laughs> these paint spots. Because this, so, the steam yard thing's not like Zoom. It's not mirrored. When I go to the right, I go to the left on the screen. It's very confusing to me. It's very I confusing. keep going like this, trying to figure out where I am. It takes take some time to get used to. Yes. But for anyone wondering why we're wasting their time, um, or sorry, why we're, we're who we are speaking, um, we are... we. We've done this podcast 61 times, um, and I think total of 61 episodes, maybe 100 people have listened. So if there are 100 people watching right now, we are shattering all records. Yes. So if, I mean, if so we don't bring you. our A game. Thank yes, you for thank watching. You. <laughs> and if you like us, if you like us, listen, yeah. listen in the future. Yeah, but the pressure's on. We can't screw this up. No. Normally drive. from... From here, in 60 to 90 minutes, we talk about sports or movies, and then we usually bring up something Catholic. But I think it's probably best for everyone watching's sake to skip our opinion about um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or anything like that, and we'll just go right into the topic. But before we do that, I say, Nolan, why don't you lead us in a prayer? Before Nolan prays, I love how you say we can't mess this up, and as soon as you said that, you froze. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as but then you everything know, else no you said praying. came. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, we 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 know exactly what you said. So that's all. <laughs> yeah, as long as no one's praying, then we're fine. All right, no I'm ha- I'm happy to pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill our hearts. Um, please bless um, Father Sean, Justin, and I with the words that you want us to share today. Uh, please bless the young people, uh, the campers of Covadas, and those who will listen uh, later on on the podcast um, to our words today. Uh, may they truly be your words. Uh, may they be from you, and uh, may they bear fruit. We pray for all evangelization efforts in our diocese and in the church universal. We pray for renewal. We pray for mercy and peace uh, to reign supreme in our country, in our world, and in our hearts. And together we ask the intercession of Our Lady as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Holy Mother, Mary, Holy Mary God, Mother of God, God sinners, now and at the hour of our sinners, death. Now Amen. and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
if anyone noticed, I stopped the Hail Mary because it was we were off sync. So it's not that I don't know the end of the Hail Mary. It's I stopped so for audio purposes. You know, that would be a heck of a bad start to a, a talk on anything Catholic related. So am I the only person that will have two videos during this camp? No, I'll have two videos too. So it's just a McGaldy thing then. Yeah, we're we're rating supreme. Also, curveball. Probably thought I was gonna ask Father Sean to pray, but I got you, Nolan. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, I was the one that suggested it, so I was kind of. I, th- I was. I thought I was a dark horse candidate to pray, but <laughs> what if I? I I could have taken them too, but anyway. So Father Sean's praying at the end, though. So yeah, there you go. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Let's set the record. Yeah, so, so if you're really dying to hear what I say, wait or stick around to the end. Yeah, he's got a so, good one for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of hearing what you have to say, Father Sean, why don't you introduce the topic of this conversation? So the topic of the conversation is evangelization through friendship. And we were given no more information than that. So if you were reading this right now and thinking that, oh, I was expecting you guys to talk about this and then you talked about that, then all I have to say is you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> End scene. We should just stop right there. <laughs> Not everybody. We'll be here all week. Digitally. We'll be here all week. <laughs> so, Nolan, what is your... Why don't you kick us off on your thoughts on this topic? Sure. Well, just important to point out for um, the young people that are listening, when we talk about evangelization, we're talking about um, the church's mission and um, the church's responsibility and duty and us as members of the church to evangelize or to spread the gospel, to uh, proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ um, because of what he has done in our lives, um, because of um, the goodness that it brings. Um, and we believe that with all our hearts and we, we go out and and how do we, we bring others that good news? And I think it's also important to point out that um, we live in a in a world right now where that you know maybe maybe um, you know a couple hundred years ago um, that was you know people were a lot of people were already evangelized and a lot of people um, you know in our um, you know we, we didn't need to do a whole lot of that in within the church um, but now I think we face a time um, where we need to look um, you know to everybody as needing and, and ourselves included to constantly being evangelized um, to um, re- find, find new ways to speak the same truths that have led people closer to Christ and have, have led people to people's conversions throughout the, uh, uh, the, the, the history of the world. And, and, and certainly since the dawn of Christianity. Um, so evangelization is a, it's a, it's our mission. It's a, it's part of our purpose on this earth to spread the good news. And when I think we're living in a time um, when um, we need it, we need it more than ever. And um, we can't assume that any of us, including our, our own selves, are uh, are fully evangelized and have fully um, can can stop. You know, don't don't need to hear about the gospel. Is it, is that a good place to start, Father Sean? I think that's an excellent place to start. It's always important that we define our terms and understand what we're talking about, right? So, because I could say evangelization, and you can think one thing. Mm-hmm. You can say an evangelization, and someone else can think another. You know. So when we're, when we're approaching the topic from, from that perspective, 
Um, I think that there's two ways that we can look at evangelizing through friendship. Um, one is meeting people who may have never heard about God that we're meeting for the first time that we don't know very well, or meeting people who may be Christian and 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 not Catholic, or, or meeting people who are Catholic but not practicing, or whatever it may be. And we want them to know Jesus. So the way that we evangelize them is through becoming friends with them. And then there's also the other part of it that people that you're already friends with that you want to evangelize. And how do you evangelize those people that you already know? I think it's a double-sided coin. And I think looking into both of those is, is important. So starting with the first one, um, I won't get into every aspect of Sherry Riddell's book, uh, Forming Intentional Disciples, but I think that's a really, really important book on evangelization and it and it's something that's been gaining a lot of steam within the church today and one of the things that always stuck out to me in that book was that uh you know pay attention to people's stories you if you're going to become friends with them for the sheer purpose of conversion then you don't really care about them then the person mm -hmm. becomes a project and then you, it's like a you know a poor soul that we have to work with and I'm going to be the one that teaches this person about Jesus. But if we look at them as a person and the and and, and that first step in, of evangelization is to love that person, to understand what's going on in their life, to know what they care about, to care about what they care about because you care about them, then your love for them is that first tool in evangelization. It has to be authentic. It can't be fake. You can't use somebody mm -hmm. for the purpose of conversion, right? Um, you know, so like there's jokes about uh, different people. And one of the, the expressions is like, oh, you flirt to convert, right? Like, so someone might be like, they pretend to be interested in you because they want to, then it's like the bait and switch. So it's like, oh, I, I, I'm interested in you. Let's hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then it's like, now let me tell you about, now that I got your attention, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. And then especially, um, you know, our generation and, and younger, uh, we're very savvy to those kind of tricks. We'll see right through that. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, when we get the email of the computer scam, we know right away that it's a scam where sometimes people who are older than us might not have realized that. Mm -hmm. um, so like those kind of like tricks, those kind of scams, um, we're kind of used to. And then it affects no purpose because one, it says to the person that all you cared about was to get me like, like a, like a notch on your heavenly belt, right? Like mm -hmm. I converted this person. So now I have a better shot at heaven, which is not how it works anyway. Right. But that, that genuine care and that genuine love for the other person is what Christ had and what Christ did. Right. You look at the, the story of the woman at the well, right? He knew everything about her. He loved her. And then that love is what started to change her and allowed her to listen. And then in our friendship with that person, whether it's a growing friendship or a current friendship, that we have to allow our, our lives to be a witness to the gospel. So if we talk about how, you know, the church, um, you know, teaches about loving our neighbor, but you don't do anything that would show that you love your neighbor, right? You know, mm. feed, feeding the hungry is a corporal work of mercy, but you don't do anything that shows that you feed the hungry, then then we're not living our lives in an appropriate way. So um, 
our our the joy of the gospel living that should be a witness so we love the person we love our faith and that through that friendship is that first step um in evangelization yeah i i think we have to so obviously anytime you have an opportunity to share the gospel you should you know you should be always in tune to the holy spirit um and and especially as he's inspiring you like if you feel prompted to share with somebody the truth of jesus christ however you feel called to do that if you feel called to do that you shouldn't be afraid right that being said to do the work of evangelization and to do it effectively in general it starts with just loving the person it starts with you know as father sean pointed out like jesus came to that woman in the well and he just loved her he just he he listened to her he heard her and it was through that that she was converted and it's this so it's the same way with us we have to like look at ourselves and 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 make sure like are we are we the type of person who makes a good friend um how do i how do i feel about other people you know put your um get better at listening and then and then it's like you earn you know the the famous line in youth ministry is you earn the right to be heard um and you don't earn that by a, you know again like just saying you know i'm just gonna uh kill this person with kindness so that they do what I want or so that they, they, you know, follow along blindly. Um, but you earn the right to be heard when you, you genuinely love the person, genuinely care for them. You spend time, you listen, you meet them where they're at. Um, and you build up that trust, um, just like you would with any relationship. Um, and then, then when the opportunity comes to share the gospel, to, to share the truth, to share your witness, um, it's, it's falling on the ears of somebody who trusts you and somebody who now wants to listen to you and is ready to listen to you and receive that. And then, so Father Sean, you broke it into three kind of scenarios. One where friendship, you create a friendship to then evangelize versus just maybe saying scripture or gospel or whatever it is to what in that case is a stranger. But the other two you mentioned were to evangelize to maybe non-Catholics and to even evangelize to your own friends. Um, so what would you say about maybe those two scenarios? Kind of well, go hand in hand. Yeah, I think that to evangelize our own friends is something that is I, I, it's difficult because they know us better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's like family members too, right? You know, I remember after I was ordained, one of my aunts said to me, you'll always be my nephew. And so it's like, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think it was like a negative thing. Like I'm not going to listen to you because you're my nephew, but it was like, but it can be the case, right? So it's like your friend who has seen you do things that you're not proud of, um, you know, when you're talking to them and caring about them and you're talking about Christ, you know, they might be like, yeah, yeah, but you do this, this and this. Or um, if you've had a conversion yourself, that change in you can sometimes people can be like, you know, you're different now or whatever it may be. Um, there's a man from St. Patrick's, the parish that I used to be at, um, and he converted. He became Catholic. He was Jewish before he became Catholic. And he always says that when he became Catholic, he, he became a better person. And he uses that as an example of how his faith changed him. And one of his friends, who's a non-believer, said, you were always a good person. So I don't see it. 
I don't mm. see that change. So then that that kind of uh, you know method almost then becomes you know not effective in a certain sense, right? So when we're evangelizing the people that we know, we have to allow for real conversion in our own hearts and real transformation in our own hearts, so that for lack of a better word, it's quantifiable that change is happening to us. If you're saying you're a good Christian and from, let's say you've known your best friend since you were in kindergarten and you're talking about how you're, you know, you're a good Christian, you're a follower of Christ and you haven't changed at all since kindergarten, then, then you're not a real disciple because Jesus should be constantly stirring in your heart and, and making us saints, right? So, but if you're in that process and you're continuing to grow in virtue and holiness every day, um, the joy of the gospel should flow through you, and and then that can become an example. Um, additionally, evangelization through friendships, when you're already friends with somebody, you know, sometimes we assume the person knows things that, that they might not already know. So you could say something like, I remember I never hid that I went to mass in college, but I didn't necessarily talk about it all the time either. And I remember um, I studied film, so I was working on a project. And I said, I got to go. Um, and they were like, why? And I was like, oh, I got to go to mass. And they were like, you believe in God? They were like all shocked by that. Hmm. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I guess it makes sense. Right. So these are people that I've known for a while. And I kind of missed that opportunity to bring that up and, and, and say that before. And then I, I, I would be honest in saying I've missed the opportunity. I probably should have invited them to things. Hey, why don't you come and check this out? Right through a friendship in that way. Like, hey, I'm going to go to mass. Why don't you come with me? And then afterwards, we'll go get something to eat. And then you're evangelizing that way. Or, hey, I'm going to go to adoration tonight. I think you would like this. Why don't you come? If you don't like it, I'll buy you dinner. You know, something like that. Like, and, and those, and not, not in a way that's like tricking people again, mm-hmm. but just giving that invitation. Like, Blessed Pierre Giorgio uh, Fursati used to hustle people in pool. No, most of the time when someone would hustle you in pool, they want your money, but mm. he would hustle you. And then if you lost, you had to go to adoration with him. Hmm. So like awesome. things along those lines, right? Like that's, that's how we do that as well. And, and friends who are, are, are not Christian or friends who are, are marginal Catholics or, or not practicing Catholics, right? Ask them questions, right? You're, you're a friend with them. Listen to that person. The person, like I said before, they're not a project and every person has a story. Get to know their story. You know, you might ask them like, you know, what, what, what do you think about God? Why do you feel this way? Um, you know, why did you stop going to mass or whatever it may be? And, and have those conversations and listen to the person and don't always be ready. Like, because sometimes we listen so that we can have our next line ready. Mm-hmm. That's not, then, then we're not really caring and we're not really loving them. So I'm listening and I'm waiting so that I could be like, well, it says in Revelation, you know, and then you, it defeats the whole purpose of what we're trying to do. So by listening to the person and really hearing them and, and getting to know their story, then you understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth behind that is, there's an whatever their heart is longing for. If 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 what we believe is true, then Christ is the fulfillment of all that desire. And then how to point them and connect them to that 
you know, that's when we need the Holy Spirit. A, a couple things to add on onto that that I was thinking of. Um, I think the first thing too is just to to remember that we aren't the one to evangelize, but it is through Christ that wins people over. We can merely bring people to Christ, whether it's through Scripture, our words, the sacraments, but at the end of the day, it's him to win over their heart, um, which is something that I think I struggled with thinking that I can be the, I'm going to be the one that says the right thing and I'll figure it out and I'm going to lead them back to the church. But in essence, it's not me. It is Christ to win them over. Um, and something too, that I'm realizing, and it's kind of a struggle, uh, is that the specifically in the scenario of evangelizing to a friend that is close whether they're they are catholic but not necessarily practicing or things like that um i've had to have difficult conversations to say like hey i what you're doing isn't cool by the church and i feel like i have the obligation to tell you why uh and those are really hard conversations. That's not glamorous. That's not like, I can't wait to um, bring those topics up. It took a lot of prayer to like prepare my heart to be able to have conversations that are tough, um, but to also come at it in a place of peace and love and being non-judgmental. Um, but with that being said, I don't think I've ever regretted having those conversations. Um, specifically thinking of a scenario uh, of a close friend and kind of realizing what they're doing isn't probably the best thing for their hearts and their soul. Um, and I, I am kind of hoping now that the conversation has had that my living witness it would then act as the evangelization. Because um, I think if we are Christians and faithful and like Father everyone longing for true love as maybe cliche as that sounds like that's what every heart longs for and i think as catholics we know how to attain that by having a relationship with christ and receiving him in the eucharist and receiving his forgiveness through the sacrament of confession like we know the tricks of the trade so to speak um and that's kind of what i think we're evangelizing to our friends sometimes people that maybe lonely or lost or having a difficult time, whatever it may be, I think our evangelization is really our witness to be like, hey, these are the things that I do. Um, and they're kind of, I'm not perfect and my life isn't perfect, but they kind of work for me. So how about you try them? Um, but I'll, all that to say is, I think it is, it's difficult. It's hard to say and it's hard to bring that kind of stuff up. Um, but I don't think I've ever regretted bringing that up. So if there's anyone that's watching that has something that they're thinking of and they're fearful of like, oh, man, that might ruin our, our relationship if I were to do that, I don't think it will, um, especially if it's of God and it's for him and his kingdom and their well-being. So that was just what I thought of when you were talking, Father Sean. And if you really love somebody, you're going to tell them something that might be dangerous for them, right? So, like, if you love somebody who's walking, you know, across the highway, you're going to tell them to stop, right? Because you don't yeah. want them to get hurt. So, when a person knows that the conversation is coming out of love, 
um, then more than likely, whether they change or not, and that's a different story. But it's something might with that too. It's I'm I'm also learning to not take it personally. Meaning mm. that if you tell someone to walk, don't walk across the highway, and they walk across the highway, it's not to be like, well, they hate me now, or they're not my friend anymore. Because people stop, people don't listen to Jesus. So if they're not going to listen to Jesus, how am I going to expect everyone to listen to me? Right. So, I think it's that, I think it's safe to say fear of rejection has prevented a lot of people from sharing the gospel and a lot of people from hearing the gospel. You know, I think we can sit around and wait for that perfect time, that perfect occasion, but there's always going to be challenges. There's always, when, when we're going to share the gospel with someone, we're going to share the truth with somebody. We're going to try to lead someone to Jesus. There's always going to be an obstacle and challenges with that. Um, so it's, it's, you know, if you want to be an evangelizer, it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. I think we, you can get, you can get okay. You have to get okay with being a little uncomfortable. You have to be okay with taking the risk. Um, and, but again, like we have Christ with us and, and that's the point of, of friendship, of establishing that friendship, because if you love that person, um, and so, yeah, I think it's safe to say like, uh, you know, and, and it's often said that evangelizing to your, um, your loved ones, your, your friends and family members is, you know, like the most challenging and there's truth to that. But at the same time, like if they truly are your loved ones, if they truly love you, yes, they know the bad, but they also know the good. They know the really good. Um, and um, the most loving thing you can do is share Jesus with them. Um, the the best thing that you could do for them, you know, forget about even like calling somebody out on, on sin or something really difficult to speak about. Um, if you really love that person, um, then sharing the good news of the gospel, sharing that um, that what their hearts have longed for all this time is is attainable um, and uh, is here, is with us, um, and wants to have a relationship with them. That's um, you know that's that's the best thing you could do for someone. It's the greatest gift you can give to somebody. And, and Father and, Sean, oh, uh, let me say something yeah. real quick, and I'll let you finish. I think you, it was you that gave me the advice or maybe it was Monsignor McDonald, but if you ever are struggling with what advice to give, if you tell people to go to mass more, to pray more, to pray the rosary, go to adoration and go to confession. If one of those five or six things that I just listed are part of your advice, then chances are you're giving good advice. Um, mm. So if you're ever doubtful of like, well, who am I to say, or I don't know what to tell the person to do or anything like that in, in that process of evangelizing. Um, I think if you recommend one of those things, you're probably on the right track. Yeah. And I think that obviously that the way that we say things is very important. It has to come from a place of uh, charity, not a place of moral superiority or anything like that. And I think if the person, you know, walks across the highway and gets hit by a car, metaphorically speaking, you don't go show up to the hospital and say, I told you, you shouldn't have walked on the highway. Mm -hmm. You go there and you ask, can I get you anything? Can I help you with anything? You know, whatever it may be. That's need a me really to, important Need point. me to scratch your, your foot because you can't reach it because your arm's broken or something like that, you know. But it because then that's that's the, the the real example of love and and then just in any moment of evangelization always put God at the center ask for the Holy Spirit 
to give you the right words and the right timing to yep. say what you need to say, to know what you need to say and to, and, and, and say it when it's the right time. And then like Justin said, you know, if you make a mistake, fine, God's bigger than us and God doesn't God, we need God and he gives us these opportunities because they help us get closer to him. But if we fall short and miss an opportunity to evangelize, God's bigger than us and that person's soul can still be saved because he's going to keep doing whatever he needs to do to get that person to see him. And, and guess and they, what? That that rejection that you could receive, like that that can that will only help you be less afraid of rejection the next time. Yeah. So like you have to be willing to to be rejected. I mean, Christ was rejected by so many people. His 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 own circle of his own circle, you know, one of his best friends completely betrayed him and then another one denied him. And you know, none of the uh, the the disciples were there for um none of the disciples were there for um the crucifixion. So John was there. John was there. I'm sorry. Yeah, You're yeah. right. One yeah. one disciple. And now an official episode of the podcast that nolan's son justin has made an appearance yes named yes. after me right nolan a awkwardly awkwardly staring in the background but so, so here's I a here's a perfect example of evangelizing through uh through friendship i uh, with with nolan um <laughs> keep going father I, I, love, I, love, I love this so much I picked up a Nintendo Switch and delivered it to Nolan's son to convince him to become a priest. So there we go. Evangelization that's, through friendship. That's, that's called the long game right there. Yeah, it, it is. And, and, Someone, and for the record, Brett did say he was open to it. Now, there Brett, we go. Five years old. But there we go. Open chances to it. are you figure in 13 years if he enters the seminary, chances are you won't be the vocation director anymore, Father Sean. Yeah, so I'm you're, hoping this could be a reap the benefit. But think of, the, think of the trust that you will have built up at that point. <laughs> Right, right. When years from now, you, you can say, remember that Nintendo Switch I got for you? That was supposed to be mine, but I wanted yeah. you to have it. Now, can we talk about the, vo the, yeah. the vocation of the seminary? Here's a form. Uh, that's, that's my dog barking to come in. But the last thing I'll say um, to wrap it up, and the, the question I've asked before is, why even evangelize? Like, if you know that you could potentially lose a friend or it's going to be a difficult conversation, uncomfortable. Like, what's the point? And I think the answer is because Jesus asked us to. Yeah, um, Matthew 28, so the, verse 19. So that's why we have to. So if you're thinking about, is it even worth bringing up the conversation? The answer is yes. So with yeah. that being said, um, Father Sean, why don't you close in prayer? Should I, say I my, my dog Should I say my normal line? Well, I think you should pray and then say your normal line all right in the name of the father the son of the holy spirit amen. amen heavenly father we give you thanks for this opportunity to be together today to to hear these words we ask you to send your holy spirit upon us to lead us closer to your son jesus and to help us lead others closer to your son jesus as well and may god bless everyone who listened and watched this podcast You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.